Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Solutions Burning Podcast. I'm joined today with Stephen Sock and Brandon Pipa. Hello everyone. Hello. And today uh, we're going to do a little bit of a reflection on 2021 on things like things that we're kind of happy we were able to do and things that we wish we had done better um, <laughs> and things we can improve for for this year so not really new year's resolutions just more like learning experiences and how to improve this is us trying to be introspective yeah. and Re- reflecting and in the new year a month later <laughs> yeah well. <laughs> So yeah, um, 2021 was a, well, like kind of our big year, you know, get, uh, get everything rolling and get, uh, start getting beers out and sales going and everything. Uh, our first festivals, uh, our first, uh, invite to a farm day and meeting a whole bunch of people uh, across all the events we did this year. But there was a lot of stuff that now that uh, it's 2022 and we're getting some new things ready. Uh, for instance, brewing our second batch of uh, Missing Piece. Yeah, it's finally come to the time of that. And as well as getting uh, other uh, projects off the ground. It's kind of looking back and going, man, I really wish we'd knew, known a few things before before getting into this because a few of them are biting us right now a little bit Um, yeah i mean i mean there's there are things to consider one none none of us have run a business before yeah we we've run other people's businesses but not our own yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so there are like these decisions you can make and you you think you're i mean you're always making the best choice that we think at the time or to our abilities and and then later you find out that was not the right choice. Yeah. Uh, we were actually... Or not the ideal choice, or it's something where like it could go one way or another, and you get mixed feedback afterwards, where you're looking back, well, maybe if we had gone the other way, things might have gone... Um, maybe we would have sold more, maybe we would have sold less. It's, it's kind of hard to say. And, I mean, the big one that comes to mind is the the packaging yeah. size, the can So we were just we discussing this on our actual like, business meeting for this call. Uh, but with our uh, brew that we're going to do next, we're actually considering uh, changing it from uh, the size that we went with, which was standard six-pack, 355-mil cans, and moving instead to a four, four uh, 73-mil uh, cans for a, a pack of beer. Yeah. And I remember back when we were first considering this, like we debated back and forth on doing it. Uh, like the six pack or the four pack and eventually we you know we decided okay we'll do the six pack and in hindsight uh yeah that was probably not the right decision well and again i think this is one of the ones where it's kind of hard to say i know there have been several places that we've talked to several liquor stores that we've talked to that have mentioned that they would have preferred if we had gone with the larger cans make sense for their shelf space they can split it up and more easily combine it for mixed packs um and then there's other stores where all they sell are six packs and 355s and and that's what we got and we've we've heard from some golf courses that we talked to that they prefer the 355s 
because it's better for the golfers they don't tend to sell as many of the big cans to to people on the course so like we had good reasons for going with for going with the smaller cans although god help me if i can remember (laughs) we also thought they'd be more shareable right if you have a six pack you know you kind of yes you know if you show up with a six pack of something you know you're like likely to give one away to someone for them to try it out Mm mm-hmm that was one of the big arguments, or not arguments, one of the big discussion points we had. Um, and if you're trying new beer, trying the 355 for a new beer is sometimes more palatable yeah, than the 473. Sometimes you have a new 473, you drink half of it, and you go, oh, geez, I still got another half to go. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, yeah, like, I remember we, like, it was several meetings worth of discussions. Like, we'd bring it up again, being like, yeah, we got to decide, essentially. Are we going to go... 355 and 473 and in and you're right in some aspects it definitely hurt us at some stores but uh this year it might be actually a benefit because uh, we're gonna we're attempting to get into more you know kind of traditional spots like golf courses for uh, for distribution absolutely absolutely and that kind of not, I, I wanted to say something else, but what you said naturally leads into another learning that we had is timing for talking to <laughs> to different places. Like we golf courses comes to mind because I mean, golf starts in May, basically April if you're very lucky or you've got a, a crew that's right on top of it or a course that just wants to get players out there. But so we were kind of thinking, well, you know, how early do you need to talk to them? Maybe a month beforehand and all that sort of stuff. And I remember getting misled on this because the the local course that I had talked to, I, I tried to approach in late February last year. And it was just, it's one of those courses that doesn't have anything going on in the winter. So the whole place actually shuts down. There was nobody there to talk to. <laughs> Except for like a security guy was like, oh, I'll call back in a month. They'll be opening the course. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe this is the way that these courses operate. Yeah. But then so you wait a month and you go and you talk to other courses. They're like, oh, yeah, we made these decisions. Yeah. In January, in February. And you're like, oh, damn it. So, yeah, because I remember after that, like, there's about three courses I had contact, three or four courses I had contacted in the Calgary area. And they're like, yeah, sorry. Like, we might take you on for like a mid, mid-season shift or something like that. But otherwise... Sorry, better luck next year. And now it's next year, so we're hitting it early this year. <laughs> so we are actively talking to a few golf courses and trying to get our, our product placed in there. And this is our call to action for our um, loyal CAD, loyal listeners here. Is if you have a golf course near you that you think should be carrying our beer, let us know. We'll go drop off mm-hmm. some samples and try to get it onto mm-hmm. the course. Yeah, I, I know. I'm trying to work on the, the two Airdrie courses here, so... Hopefully we can get into those ones. And I've got three in the south and east of Calgary that uh, hopefully trying to get on. So yeah, that was that was a big learning from last year and just the the timing of things and kind of missing the boat there. I mean, it was also compounded a bit by this ongoing pandemic, right? Like you, you were trying to go out and get things going in between waves of lockdowns and restrictions and some things are looking like they're going to open up and you think you have something coming and then it lets locked down again so yeah so this leads me into the next one that i uh, think is a learning from last year is and, and we may have mentioned this on a previous podcast but the way that we've set up uh solutions brewing for 2021 anyway 
it it restricted our ability to yeah. directly sell our product which impacted us for some of these situations where you're going in between there's a little bit of uncertainty and being able to basically sell something from the back of the truck to somebody who wants to buy it, buy the product there was one one golf course i was talking to one of the Carkin golf courses and the the discussion kind of came down to it's like oh well, we like this one like can you get us a, a couple of these and it was one of those I, i'm pretty sure if i'd had it in the truck we could have made a sale there Instead, he had to order through his local liquor store because that's the way the agency rules work and, and wrote it through. And as that process was happening, went into another lockdown and and things just... Yeah, and up, right? I still remember from the Alberta farm days that we did. Uh, and it, it was funny because there, uh, there was us with our little booth and we're, uh, you know, giving samples out. And then there's the beer tent that is selling our beer but people just kept coming back to us and being like, I'd love to buy a six pack. And I'm like, I can't give you one. It's like, I can, you can go to the tent and get a, a single beer, but it's like you, I'm sorry, but yeah, we can't sell to you directly. And then trying to direct them towards uh, a liquor store that might be in their area, uh, close to them in their area that might be carrying the product. But it's like, yeah, that sale was right there and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Although, Bright points that like that that farm day was a bright point of the year for sure. That was a, a heck of a lot of fun being out there, meeting everybody, seeing the great sport, and great fallout out of there. After that event, the Langdon liquor stores picked us up, and people were able to get our product. Like it, it was definitely yeah, the start of an upswing. We've consistently us. been in there since and, then. It's just the kiss ale, like uh, the missing piece or the stouts not in there. But it like I was in there a couple weeks ago. I was out visiting some friends there and stopped in, and sure enough, it's still there. So it's like sweet. <laughs> it's uh, they're ordering it in, and it is moving, and it's actually a fairly prominent shelf spot too. It's actually at high level, which is nice. <laughs> nice, perfect. Well, you know, the missing piece is selling all over the place. The dark humor is selling all over the place. You can I'll take it. it. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's um, marketing. Like, um, like definitely last year was just kind of okay. We did a few things. Nothing. We did a few things, thinking they'd have bigger impact than than it really did. And uh, I think one thing I've definitely learned is uh, uh, how to properly focus that. Um, especially given our situation as an agent where we can't do direct sales, you know, you know, advertising in a way that makes it, makes us more prominent for liquor stores or a restaurant to be able to pick us up as opposed to, um, someone on the street because we can't sell to them. <laughs> so. No, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, we ran a a short advertising or where we paid for some advertising sponsorship on another local podcast yeah, yyc socials um, last year yeah she doesn't do the podcast anymore yeah yeah oh she doesn't no. oh that's too bad. but um but that that type of advertising was definitely more geared towards consumers and and yeah like you're saying didn't see kind of the impact or the bump that we would have hoped from that because again it's we were in a position where we needed liquor stores to pick us up before people could go and buy us. Um, and, and again, kind of leads to that the way we set up the company, we, 
uh, initially, and, and we're working to get our own physical location, which is going to alleviate a lot of issues, but maybe it would have been worth that capital investment to start with. But again, kind of a tricky thing to know, right? You, we always thought that our beer was good, and now we've been able to produce a product and get it out there, and other people have given us unbiased opinions on the product, which... Yeah, and I think we are also kind of misled ourselves or we got over optimistic like when when we first released when the beer was first available on liquor connect it, it came into a couple liquor stores like right away mm-hmm. like to places small towns in in alberta that i'd never even heard of until until they ordered the beer and um they only ordered it one time but that's because these those are just places that were looking for new beer all the time what's the latest you know what's the latest newest beer mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. and you know and that kind of led us a little bit to kind of believe that that kind of thing would continue on but it didn't you know yeah, yeah like every once in a while there'd be like one random place that'd pick it up and you'd be like oh that's kind of interesting but after that initial wave uh which again gives a little bit of excitement it's just like oh it's just they literally went on to liquor connect saw like what's new and said, oh, it's a new brewery, I'll pick up a, a case, and then never heard from them again. No, well, we do appreciate it. We do appreciate oh, it. I, but... I just wish they bought some more. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying in, in terms of marketing, like, well, it's just and... like, oh, we think that once it's on Liquor Connect, people know it's there, but they don't necessarily know it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, they only found it because they specifically looked for what's new. I guess that kind of leads into another thing that we've learned is just in terms of pricing the product on Liquor Connect and, and trying to anticipate how that's going to end up being uh, priced to the actual consumer and and the variability that you can get with that. Even though our pricing stays consistent, there can be huge variability between different That's right. Yep. That was one thing that definitely threw us off too was uh, like, oh, if we price it at this, that makes it reasonable to be sold at, you know, x dollars and then uh in alberta the liquor store can sell for whatever they want so we don't get to set that price folks <laughs> so. yeah so if, if you go into a liquor store and you're angry at the price it's not our fault it is the owner's fault and guaranteed yeah. like you might be paying for you know wages rent location all that kind of stuff but for us like i think the the the, the biggest gap i've seen it's like an eight dollar difference between the lowest price i've seen on our product and the highest price which is kind of bonkers yeah yeah it's a little bit kind of crazy to see um and and the different approaches that the places are taking to marketing there some of them are considering they're almost pricing it like um an ultra premium import beer which i mean it's a very good (laughs) beer but we 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 don't price it to be a and and that's the thing like like, because um, we like then, with access to Liquor Connect, like we kind of know what everyone else is kind of selling stuff for. So, like, we were like, okay, here's our costs. We want to make a little bit of money on it just to pay for things and pay for the next brew sort of thing. But then, with that as well, we're like, okay, like we can't be priced higher than this beer because, like, this is the bog standard beer. If we're higher than that, uh, which is a very good beer or very big local craft beer. Uh, why would they choose us over them? So there was a lot of figuring out where we would sit in the uh, in the pricing structure, and then 
you do that, then you give it to the liquor store, and the liquor store just takes that and throws it right out the window. <laughs> well, some do and some don't. Like, again, it's, it's interesting to see other ones that are trying to price it to move, and then it moves, and they pick up more of it and all that, and some priced it not to move or priced it to be premium. And then it doesn't move and they don't pick it up again because yeah. it didn't move. And it's, again, it, it, it'd be nice. And it, this is kind of the goal that I see for us and, and where I'd like to get to is to be able to sell directly uh, and have a little bit more of that price control and try to try to get at least a consistent yeah, name and, for us and out there. And don't forget, we also made a mistake with our timing of the release. So yes, for anyone who's listening and wants to open or start a brewery in Alberta, um, don't do your release until March. Now the reason for March is because that is when um, you report your annual worldwide production. And what that means is you report how much beer or spirits or whatever you made in the previous year. And if you're in Alberta and you're releasing, that is what's used to determine your tax structure. So far. So, so far. If you, if you do not report your annual worldwide production, you will automatically get taxed at the highest rate. $1.25 per liter. Which is $1.25 a liter provincial tax. There's a Fed tax, which is quite a bit smaller. Um, but that one you don't have to worry about. You don't actually have to report that one. That affects pricing right away. That one's a flat one. That Everyone pays the same for that one. But for Alberta, yeah, so what happened for us was because we released in November mm-hmm. and had no annual production to report at the appropriate time, we were automatically charged the highest tax rate. So that hurt us for about five or six months. Yeah, and then later, once we you know did get the price drop, uh, which was to ten cents a liter instead of a dollar twenty-five, uh, we then moved our price in the system, you know, to uh, accommodate that. However, um, I think that really did hurt our initial rollout, just because that beer was that our our beer was relatively expensive compared to comparable products. And as a result, some again, some places took us on. But then, like it's like at the price and all this kind of stuff, it like it just to, to make their little bit of profit margin on it, they were pricing it way too high, and then no one was buying it. We saw that afterwards when we did that price drop, prices in stores got a little better, but overall, it was still not great. <laughs> well, no, I. I... To be fair to a lot of stores, yes. a lot of stores became better. Yeah, they did. Um, and a few stores decided to, to leave it elevated. And, and again, yeah. it's just we don't have control over that. Or maybe they're trying to recoup from previous purchase or whatever. But a lot of the, a lot of stores do hold our product at reasonable yeah. price. Yeah, and it's actually surprised, surprising. Um, a lot of the small independent liquor stores, because I guess their overhead and all that is much lower, uh, they're very reasonable priced. And then... Uh, a lot of the chain liquor stores that we're a part of, because we're in co-op, and I think we're in Sobeys as well, and now, just recently, Wine and Beyond, uh, all the, uh, the price for all the products in those stores are consistent across the stack. 
because uh, it's in their internal system. So at least those, it's at like a reasonable price and it's at a reasonable price in every store, which is quite nice. Yeah, so if you're interested in starting a, a brewery, do it in March. Yeah. <laughs> plan, plan your release around March so that you can report your annual production and get the tax rate that's more appropriate to your production level instead of getting taxed at the max rate. Yeah, so brew in January, February, have everything ready to go by March, and then have all the tax crap right in the proper area so then you don't you're not getting screwed that way <laughs> you also avoid the typical slowdown in liquor sales through yeah. january and february yes this dry january dry february thing is uh affecting a lot of people i've been to a couple tap rooms and they've all said that it's even slowed down in their tap rooms so mm-hmm Also, if you have the choice, try not to start your brewery in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I think we've killer. mentioned that a few times on the show. <laughs> Whatever you do, do don't do that. <laughs> if you have control over global affairs <laughs> and set the conditions, yeah, don't, don't do that. But at the same time, if we didn't do it, would we still have opened? I would. I would say probably no. Like at the at the end of the so day, I still think... a pandemic because we would have been like, nope, pandemic not opening. So I mean, we still wouldn't. Yeah, because like the like the, the main reason we did it is that we had, uh, you know, thousands of dollars worth of commitments already done through like background checks and getting the you know company actually up and running and all that other stuff. So we were. Well, my background check was about <laughs> thousands of dollars. I, I had to. Know, I had to bribe a lot of people to make sure I came through the system okay. <laughs> so dark and yeah, I, I gave a lot of money to a shady lawyer named Mort Sandy and uh, yeah, he, he, he made things go away. He made things go away. But no, like, but it was like... Oh, where's our episode list? Yeah. That's a reference to a previous episode. Uh, but like, we had had time and money commitments already in the system and so we're like, okay, we, we're we're doing this let's do it but if we didn't have that like that kind of thing holding on i don't know if i would have would have pulled the trigger at that point i honestly i don't i don't regret it was it ideal no no it, like but if if we didn't do it we wouldn't have done it so yeah and like i don't regret the decision we made but i don't think i would have made the same decision at that time i would have waited and maybe thought about you know maybe learned a little bit more about the business and then not done contract and said gone uh, production, like a, a production brewery space. It's, it's kind of hard to tell. I, I, I don't know. I got to think about it. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, we went back and forth on physical versus contract. And I know at the time I was heavily mm-hmm. in the contract. Camp, yeah. So. And I was really heavily into the, the production space camp, but again, magnitude of figures between the two of those so yeah but for our um keen listeners there steve's mort sandy reference i believe is a callback to episode nine <laughs> drinking stories available on apple I, apple podcasts and <laughs> technically it's on google or something too but i don't actually check those stats anymore i don't think anyone finds it on google no 
Does anybody get podcasts? Yeah, uh, you sign up for the RSS feed, so it's not really. A, it's it's different. It's quite a bit different. Yeah. Unless you search for it specifically, yeah. you'll never you'll never find it. And then, yeah, like beyond that, like the other big thing is, uh, you know, in choosing, I was going to so go back to like the can size since we only did one can size. Like I remember doing the, uh, uh, what call it, the doing the beer fests and having guys come up to us who are like liquor managers at uh, pubs or uh, a tavern sort of thing and going, we'd love to have your beer. And it's like, yeah, we only have cans. And they're like, once you get kegs, let us know. And we're like, okay, yeah, we'll let you know. But like, yeah, that's another thing. So this is, these are lessons. And um, uh, anyways, I'll say this real quick. And then because because uh, Steve's having problems with his uh, new kiddo, <laughs> uh, he's going to have to go, which... You know, if you want to learn more about that, there's episode 27. <laughs> Work-life <laughs> work balance. Yeah. A future episode of this will just be us listing all the yeah, exactly. episodes to listen. Yeah, um, yeah no, but uh, for kegs, I mean, we did, we have a pretty good relationship with Atlas Brewing. Uh, they've helped us with the Iron Brewing competition, allowing us to use their facility so we can enter that competition. Um, that beer is brewed and ready to go for that competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing we need to do is get our AGLC stuff set up so that it's registered and totally legit. <laughs> um, but since we have a good relationship with them, I talk with them. I go and I did ask them if you know if these opportunities did come up that uh, they will let us brew there. So, um, so there are some doors that can open up if you can develop those relationships. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the big learning is like the the beer industry, the brewery industry in Alberta is awesome in terms of the interaction between the breweries and the Absolutely. support that everybody gives each other. It's something where like we're all competitors, but yeah. everybody wants to see everybody succeed, right? So shout out to Atlas again. I, uh, we did a shout out to them in the last <laughs> episode of the episode before, but it awesome guys to work with, and I mean glad to see the. Yeah, glad to see the support. <laughs> All right, so with, yeah, with that here, we'll let uh, Steve go so he can take care of his kid. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but before he goes, oh, you can tell everybody how go. they can reach us out if they want to send us a list of something to send. Or oh, just super quick! You can see us on our website at uh, solutionsbrewing.com. You can uh, message us either through the website or at our address at no problems at solutionsbrewing.com. Or on our social medias, uh, Facebooks and Instagrams, at Solutions Brewing Co. Or our Twitters at oh Solutions no. Brew. We're cutting no, you off. He's got to go take care of his kid. <laughs> Steve, thank you very much for all the important yeah, thanks, social guys. media information. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't bother with Twitter's people. cat. It's yeah. there. It's, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm just looking at the. Uh, monitor for my kid and he's just rolling around in the crib so yeah gotta go go take care of that so later guys all right take care steve and <laughs> take care everyone take care, steve talk to you next time yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right. take care yeah.